Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hi church, you know I've been so encouraged with this incredible scripture found in Psalm 37 verse 25. It says to us that once I was young, but now I'm old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Such an encouraging scripture of how God plans to take care of and look after his people. I love it. It says that the godly will never be abandoned, their children never begging for bread. The question becomes, however, well, who are the godly? Uh, verse 21, so rewind just a few verses before that. Psalm 37 verse 21 gives us the answer as to who the godly are. Verse 21 tells us that the godly are generous givers. So really what this is saying is that Psalm 37 verse 25, once I was young, now I'm old, yet I have never seen the generous givers abandoned or their children begging bread. That's how we can read the scripture. I'm encouraged because God promises provision to the godly. I'm challenged because the godly are defined as being those who are generous givers. I think that's why, therefore, that Mother Teresa could say, giving cleans the heart and helps you get closer to God. She knew that generosity is the pathway into God's presence. Today, as you give, can I encourage you with the scripture that promises God's provision to the godly? And can I challenge you today that godliness is defined as being generous? There are a number of ways you can give today. You'll notice that the bank details for both campuses, Thrive Boxburg and Edenvale, will be on the screen. You can take note of those and give by EFT. You'll also notice that the SnapScan QR codes for both campuses are on the screen as I'm speaking right now. You can literally take a scan of those codes in this moment and you'll be able to give via SnapScan easily and conveniently. If you're watching through our church online platform, the giving tab in the top right-hand side of the screen, if you click on it, it'll take you to a quick, easy, and convenient way to give online. So no matter which way you give today, let's give generously. Let me pray for you as you prepare your offering. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word, which encourages us and challenges us at the same time. Today, we thank you that we can take refuge in your promises, that you've, we, can, we will never see the godly forsaken, we'll never see them abandoned or their children begging for bread. And at the same time, let your word challenge us to be generous in this moment and in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, we're so incredibly excited and privileged to have Pastor Trevor Hudson joining us to share an incredible word with us. Pastor Trevor is a Methodist minister and has been a part of the Methodist movement in South Africa for the past 36 years. He's an author of 18 books, a fantastic teacher who travels the world to teach and preach, including the Fuller University, the Dallas Willard Center at Westmount University and the Renovar Institute. He's married to his wife, Debbie, and together they have two adult children. And on top of all this, Pastor Trevor is a great friend of our church, and he always builds hope and faith into our lives. So Thrive Online, won't you please join me in welcoming Pastor Trevor Hudson as he shares his word with us today. It's a very, very special uh, privilege for me to be 
to be able to, to share with you online here in the uh, Thrive communities uh, in, in Boxburg and in Edenvale. I've been uh, searching for a text that I could use uh, for today, and I've been drawn to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 25 to 34. And I'd like to read them very, very slowly to you, and I invite you to, to listen to Jesus himself as he speaks these words to you. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And that if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wherever you are watching this online right now, I'm wondering how you are. I'm wondering uh, what you're thinking and, and how you're feeling. If you were to ask me uh, today for, for one word that describes the mood of this moment in history, I would, I would offer to you the word uncertainty. We, we, we live in a time of great, great uncertainty that affects every one of us. There is an uncertainty about the pandemic itself, whether we'll be able to, to flatten the curve uh, or not. There is an uncertainty about the uh, economic consequences of this pandemic for us as a nation and also for our own personal financial lives. There is the uncertainty, the relational uncertainty of how we're going to live together uh, with loved ones in, in kind of confined spaces. I was reading an article just the other day that there's an anticipation that in this time domestic violence uh, will grow. And then there's the uncertainty about the future itself. 
Um, when will we see our loved ones again who live in other places uh, of the country and of the world? About our plans for the future and our hopes. I was with a young woman uh, two days ago, and I asked her how things are affecting you. And she said, well, I've just had to put off my wedding, which was planned for uh, three weeks' time. And it's, it's in a time uh, of great uncertainty that you and I, as the people of God, we need, we need to ask a very important question. And the question is this, how are we called to live as the people of God in the midst of a time of great uncertainty? That is the critical question that you and I need to engage. And it's against the the backdrop of that question that I want us to listen uh, very, very carefully to the words of Jesus. Jesus is the master of of life and death. One of the reasons that I follow him is that he shows me how to live. And I want to say to to us today that he shows us how to live um, in the midst of uncertainty. He's running a masterclass on life in the midst of uncertainty. And he's inviting you and me to enroll right now as students, as followers, as learners, And I want to concentrate uh, just on two verses. I'm going to uh, read them to you, uh, verses uh, 33 and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to hold uh, those words before us today. And I want to invite us to begin very consciously and deliberately to, to shape our, our lives uh, around these words. I've been living with them now uh, for a few hours, and there are a few things that have become very clear to me, which I want to share with you. And I pray that through whatever I share, that God will speak to you and touch your life right now. I think, first of all, in the midst of great uncertainty, uh, you and I are called to seek first the kingdom of God. I want you to look again at the beginning part of verse 33, where Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom. Now, we need to be very, very clear about what Jesus is not saying here. Jesus uh, is not saying here that things like food and clothing and drink are not important. He's not saying that. Jesus is not saying here that we mustn't plan for the future. Jesus is not saying that. Jesus is saying something else. He's challenging us, calling us, inviting us in the midst of uncertainty to to reset the direction of our hearts, to to shift the point of gravity uh, in our lives, to, to revise the way we list our priorities, to relocate the center 
of our attention. In Eastern English, uh, Jesus is saying to you and me today, I want you to put God first. Now, we need to be very clear about the God that Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is referring to the God who has created this world, who holds this universe in God's hands. Jesus is referring to the God who came and acted on behalf of his people in Egypt and liberated them from slavery. The God who accompanied them through the wilderness and fed them with, with manna and accompanied them in his mercy the God who went with his people when, when they were taken off into exile, the God who, in fact, raises Jesus from the dead. This is the God that you and I are called to put first. And what will that mean? Well, it means surrendering ourselves to God, putting our lives in, in God's hands, seeking God's way and will, uh, day by day by day, serving God in, in whatever we happen to be doing, seeing God around us like Jesus did in flowers and birds and especially in the faces of people. Now, I don't know about you, but um, we are not talking about something that's easy. Uh, it's not easy to surrender ourselves to God. It really isn't. I don't know. You know, at six o'clock in the morning, I can surrender my life to God. And uh, when the first crisis comes, one hour later, I take my life back again. What I've been doing, and I hope you can find this helpful, you know, every time I wash my hands, uh, that's become one of the most sacred moments of the day for me. And every time I wash my hands during the day, I, I remind myself of, of God's love for me and God's care. I remind myself of my baptism. I remind myself that I'm loved with a love that will never let me go and that holds me and from which nothing can ever, ever separate us. And in that moment when I wash my hands, I, I give my life again over to God. Can I invite you to make the washing of hands uh, a special moment of reconnection with God each day? But let's go back to the text. The second thing that Jesus calls us to do in the midst of uncertainty is to put people before things. Let's go back to that verse, uh, verse 33. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, now, righteousness is a very big word, and it has many layers of meaning uh, in the New Testament. And one of the things that Jesus did with this word is that he redefined it. He gave it new meaning. Jesus was a Jew. He, he grew up in Jewish culture, and you will know that to be a righteous Jew meant that you kept the law. That's what it meant, to be righteous, keeping the law. And you will know that in the Old Testament, there are 613 laws that you've got to keep. And they've, they've mostly got to do with the external things of our lives. Jesus redefined that. Once 
Do you remember when he was asked, you know, what's the most important commandment? He took the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, and he put that first. He said, listen, O Israel, uh, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then Jesus did something else. He took a verse, just one verse, from Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 19, and he put it alongside of the Shema. Do you remember what it was? Love your neighbor as yourself. To be righteous from Jesus' point of view is to be rightly related to God and to my neighbor especially those neighbors that are closest to me right now in my home, wherever I may be. I think sometimes we get things turned upside down here. Jesus wants us to, to, to put God first and then to put people before things. So often we do it the other way around, don't we? We, we? we love things, we use people instead of loving people and using things. Jesus wants us to reset the direction of our heart, to shift the point of gravity, to relocate the center of our attention, to revise our list of priorities. People are more important than things. Much more. I've been a pastor for over 40 years. And one of the most sacred privileges of being a pastor has been to walk with people to their death. I don't want to exaggerate, but I think I've done that with over 100 people over these years. I have never, ever heard any dying person regret uh, not having certain things. Not once. Not once, but I've heard again and again and again the regret of not having given time and attention and love to those who were closest. We have an incredible opportunity right now to put people before things. And we will need God's grace to do this. It's not easy sometimes to love those who are closest, but God will give that grace if we ask for it. There's one more thing that I want to say. In the midst of great uncertainty, Jesus calls us to live one day at a time. Look again with me at verse uh, 34. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, Jesus knew something. He knew something that we often forget. The kingdom of God operates one day at a time. The kingdom of God operates in the present moment. It's in this moment. It's only in this moment 
that God can meet us and bless us and sustain us and hold us and provide for us. Do you remember Jesus' prayer when he taught us how to pray? Give us today our daily bread. Not bread forever, bread for today. That's the way the kingdom works. Now, the one thing that keeps us from living day by day by day, one day at a time, is worry, anxiety, particularly about the future. Uh, let, me, let me make a confession. I'm a worrier. Uh, I've lived with a low-level anxiety most of my life. I know what it's like to not sleep between midnight and three o'clock. I can play scenarios uh, through my mind that uh, cause great anxiety at times. And I know that we're living in a time when many of you are living with anxiety and worry. Uh, and it gets triggered in moments like this. Can I tell you one thing that doesn't help me when I'm anxious or worried? It's when someone, you know, looks at me and says, Trevor, don't be anxious, don't be worried. That doesn't help me at all. Not at all. But what does help me is this. It's for me to name my worry, to name my anxiety, to own it, to acknowledge it, and then to bring it to Christ, to talk about it, to process it. And it's as I do that, and sometimes I have to do that each day, that I open, I open my life, and especially my emotional world, I open it up to the grace and to the love of Christ to enter into that world, and it helps me to to live beyond my anxiety so that it doesn't sabotage my life, derail my life, stop me from living. Can I invite you to do that today? I don't know what you're feeling. Worried, anxious, concerned. Name it. Find a quiet place. Talk about it. Bring it to Christ. Share your heart with him. Give him access into your emotional world. And we will discover the grace that we need to live one day at a time. And to live that day well, deeply, and richly. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, I'm sharing this with you today as one beggar with another beggar. And I hope we can find food together. Uh, let's put God first. Let's put people before things. And then, by God's grace, let's learn to live one day at a time. I'd love to pray for you. Uh, wherever you are, uh, you may want to get onto your knees. Uh, you may just want to sit comfortably. You may want to close your eyes. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much that you meet us wherever we are. And you always meet us with grace, mercy, and your deep, deep love. And right now, in this moment, we 
we want to, again, put you first. We want to learn what it means to seek your kingdom, to surrender ourselves to you, to serve you, to see you around us. Lord, we offer our lives to you again, right now. We thank you uh, for those that surround us at this moment. And if we're on our own, Lord, we thank you for those who keep in touch with us by, by phone or by text. Help us to put people before things. Help us to, to reconnect again with the gift of each other. And Lord, will you help us to, to live well in this moment? to live deeply, to live richly, each moment a gift, and in every moment of our life to receive your manner and your mercy. This is our prayer. We offer it to you with all the love and with all the longing of our hearts. And you and I together say, Amen. Bless you, friends. If you prayed that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus or recommitted your life to him in this moment, please click the raised hand in the bottom right of your screen on Church Online. One of our team would love to pray for you in this moment. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.